Hello. Hi there. So uh, just some housekeeping before I start. Um, this session was... Why, hello. Um, I am going to close this door. If, can I cross the line of the... Um, just some housekeeping. This session is said to be 40 minutes on the Radio Days program, um, but it will definitely run over that time because it is a little bit of a different event to other ones. So if you do need to leave after the 40 minutes, please go ahead, but you have been warned these things do take a little longer, but I'm sure you'll see that our speakers are going to be so interesting that that won't be a problem. Um, some other housekeeping, as always, uh, I have a list in the front here. If you are not on the email lists for the pod meets and would like to be, you can pop your name on there. Or if you aren't receiving the emails for some weird MailChimp reason, just put your name on there again. Also, if you would like to be on a WhatsApp group where people talk about listening to podcasts and what the best episodes are, etc., you can pop your cell phone number on there. But let me start and just say welcome to uh, Podmeet. My name is Elna Schutz, and this is actually our one-year anniversary. Yeah, so one year, one year of Podmeet. Um, this this little project, getting people together in a room and talking about podcasts, started officially because I said to uh, my boss Franz Kruger that I feel like all the podcasters in South Africa think they're alone, and they're not. Um, that's the official story. The unofficial story was I could not stop talking about podcasts, and my friends were getting irritated. So now I get to talk to you. So um, the way it works is very much like a fireside chat. We have some great people to talk to today, and um, I'm going to start off the conversation. But as with every single pod meet, the room is going to take over. So as soon as you have a question, just pop up your hand. It's a conversation. It's not a speech. Um, but I like to just... Um, introduce myself. I realize I didn't do that for the people who uh, don't know me. I am a uh, content producer at the Fitz Radio Academy. My name is Elna Schutz. I work on science journalism, some business journalism, but as you've already noticed, I have a big love for podcasting and for podcasting in South Africa to become a big thing. So I really hope that the people in this room will be the future when it comes to making podcasts something that every South African listens to. So I like opening these just with a little bit of a show of hands. So who in the room, please raise your hand, currently has something you would call a podcast? Yes. The number increases every time. Currently, who in this room makes some kind of money or living off of um, some amount off of their podcast? Does anybody in the room live entirely off of podcasts? <laughs> so when we started this uh, one year ago, the number was zero on that question, and actually there were lots of laughs at me. <laughs> One day I'm going to have lots of hands up, not because it's about being rich. If you're here for that, I can show you some other places to be, maybe like lawyer meet, I don't know. But um, because if you're making money off of something, that means you can focus on the creation, unless you have a, a rich wife or something. So 
Let's, let's get, get into it. Our first speaker is Francois Retief. Please come up and let's have a chat. So, uh, Francois, a lot of you may know him as a person, but even more may know him as a brand, so to say, or as the person behind the brand. He's the CEO of Iono. Um, do people know Iono? It's kind of the South African sound cloud. Don't insulted, um, but it is a South African hosting platform where a lot of podcasts have found their home, and I personally love the idea of being able to host podcasts with somebody that I, that I know, that I can call up and say, Francois, it's not working, where's the big red button? So one of the things that Iono have been doing or are in the process of at the moment is getting some stats about What's actually happening? So they have a South African podcast survey, which if you got invited to this pod meet with an email, you would have gotten the link to fill in the survey. If you would like that link, you can ask either of us. I'll probably send it out again after this, after this meeting, just to see a little bit about what are people listening to, what are people podcasting, etc., so, so that we understand the industry better. The, the survey is being extended, it's still open, so we're going to talk a little bit about um, the insights that they have gained so far before we go on with the conversation. But Francois, what have been your initial insights? Um, well, firstly, thank you for being here, and it's actually a huge privilege. I was here last year as well, and I must say, it's great to see a bunch of people that isn't interested in dating the superstars at the moment. So I think this is the difference between radio and podcasting if you really want to talk about it. Um, so survey, yes, that's really interesting. We're doing a, a survey along the lines of what Edison is doing in the United States. Um, I have to say one of the first insights that caught us slightly by surprise is the, actually the extent to which social media is being throttled in terms of your views and your responses. So um, we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get to marketing. Um, but one of the things, uh, one of the reasons why we're extending this service become very clear that unless you're throwing money into social media, you know, you're not getting the sort of throughput that you would like to see. But so in terms of the survey, um, we're um, aiming for a, a thousands and into the high hundreds of responses and we're starting to see some interesting trends. I don't want to go into it too much because obviously we were, don't want to sort of create expectations before all the data is in. But I mentioned that although one of the really interesting things that we've already seen, so one of the questions is how do you consume, what types of media do you consume? I don't know, I'm assuming a number of you have already done this survey so you have some understanding of the structure. And what we're seeing is a lot of people and majority of people consuming podcasts would actually, or let's say there's a very a much stronger correlation between people consuming blog posts and YouTube video and other things than people listening to radio. And it's very easy to draw a conclusion from that, that um, podcasting is actually not stealing radio listeners away. To a large extent, we're reclaiming the people that have moved on already and is in other areas in the digital space which I think is very good news and something which the radio stations will probably also be glad about. Mm. So, Francois, one of the things I know you get asked very, very often is, as the hosting platform, what's working? Who's getting the numbers? Tell us what to do. Um, and the specific question that I'd like to ask you around that is the balance between content and, um, and quality, in terms of audio quality. That's actually... Um, 
I got that question, asked that question three times today. <laughs> so that is a very popular question. People come and say, what should we be doing? Um, now, the way that I answered the question earlier is I can say, for example, we see that um, actuality talks are doing really well. If you look at people like, for example, Gareth Cliff or Tim Odisi, um, you know, they're doing really well. Now the question is, is it because that's very popular or is it because those are two guys that are really on top of their game? Um, there's the people in the room you know, where I can say, listen, you know, based on stats, sports content is doing very well or technical content is doing very well. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the thing to focus on, so if you look at content, you're basically connecting with an audience. Um, and if you're on the internet, that's a worldwide audience. So for me, the place to start is, what is your passion? Because if you can correctly translate that into audio content, you will connect with the people in the world that has got the same passion. And um, it's sort of you know, like somebody saying, what sort of sport should I do to do well? You know, I'm Tiger Woods. Should I go into soccer? Should I go into swimming? No, you're a golfer. That's what you should go into. And the same thing with podcasting is focus on your passion and then find a way to translate that into something that people can connect with. Mm. The, the problem is that even if I create the most complex, amazing documentary podcast series about lesbians knitting, and it's incredibly unique and niche, it is a very big ocean out there when it comes to podcasts, especially because we're not in the UK, the US or Canada or you know, any of the big players in the field. So talk to us about what you've learned around um, accessing the podcasts for ordinary South Africans and the distribution that links to that. Um, yes, so once you have a good podcast, obviously people need to be able to access it. And um, there are various ways, and what we do at Iona is we translate our content to multiple quality profiles, and we specifically focus even on older handsets. I think it's important to find a platform that resonates well with your audience. Um, we also syndicate to iTunes and Google Play and a whole range of the other sort of devices. Um, but um, we normally recommend to people have an anchor point where people can go to start with your own website where you can have your audience, where people can connect to the different types of things that you do. So it's great to have people listening in iTunes, but if they're on your website where they can see the articles, where you've got direct access to them and you can see all the analytics, that's a lot better. And then do syndicate into the other platforms as well. Mm. However, as you mentioned earlier, you found some surprises when it came to podcasts specifically on social media, so podcasts on, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, I don't know if anybody's podcasting on Instagram. Maybe they are. I don't know. I've heard of people that um, podcast exclusively on WhatsApp. Okay, that's something. Um, tell us a little bit about what you found about the success of podcasts on those platforms. Well, it depends on the type of platform. So the nice thing is now with the modern standards like Open Graph, you know, you can take a, a podcast, one of our podcasts, and you can put it on Twitter, and it actually shows up with the embedded player. So you can play, you can uh, select quality profiles, password, rewind. So it's becoming a lot easier. But I think in terms of the, the social platforms, um, you need to look at the type of audience. Typically, you know, if you're publishing an hour-long podcast, you know, Guys go onto Twitter and they normally have a very short attention span, so uh, they might not listen to the whole thing. Um, so I think keeping your, your medium into, into uh, mind is important. But if you use the right type of platform, it integrates very well into the different spaces. Um, 
the WhatsApp one is interesting. So in, in some of the African countries, people would specifically just use free Wi-Fi. So um, they would have podcasts on WhatsApp. They'll go into a Wi-Fi hotspot and they'll get a whole bunch of sound files. And then they listen to those once they're out again, which for me was a very, very interesting model. Mm -hmm. um, though I would prefer to have the choice whether I download something or not. But in this particular case, it actually worked well for them. Um, but specifically on that point around um, that you mentioned earlier around Facebook not working as well for podcasts unless you're paying for it? Oh, th that was just so in terms of the server I mentioned already, but um, Facebook and uh, um, you know, the other social media platforms are getting really good at making sure that um, you know, as a company you need to pay for people to see the content. So you can have somebody you know, with a huge following and they post something and... Uh, um, Typically, it uh, gets displayed to about 4 or 5%. So you get a decent response about 4 or 5% of the audience. So that's something which is definitely changing and keeping in mind. I think um, Brad is uh, on, on the um, All Things Podcasting group on Facebook, which I can definitely recommend if you're not part of it yet. He's done some really interesting studies on posting content and paying for content to promote it on Facebook. So he's actually a great guy to talk about how to use Facebook to promote your content. Mm. Something that I'm sure a lot of people were as excited about as I was seeing the headlines around Google Shift. Um, if you haven't heard about it, Google has um, started calling podcasts um, first-class citizens on the internet and, and wanting to change their whole approach around how podcasts appear in search engines. They're launching um, a podcast app or service, um, and obviously Android, Android users especially, um, have been behind for quite a long time. Anybody who has an iPhone knows that podcasts have come to you very easily uh, through iTunes from the start, whereas Android users have always had to rely on other apps and all kinds of things. So that is something that excites me a lot about the future. Um, Having seen the growth in the last year, what are your predictions for the future and what might be big, big players? Um, uh, definitely, we're very excited about Google and we rolled out our enhancement, I think, last week. There, back again. So we rolled out an enhancement last week which allows um, Google search engines to access the podcast-related information that we have. So making podcasts first-class citizens, as you said, that's a very important step. I think there still is a lot of fragmentation in the podcast market. So you still have competing platforms. Um, if you look at advertising standards, it's still difficult to have a single solution, but it's definitely moving towards that. Um, I think the guys following the, the Edison survey in America would have seen that podcast is still on the rise. I think that sort of 26% of Americans listen to a podcast on a monthly basis. Um, the, I have some of the advertising numbers here. So even in, so in the United States, the 2017 compound quarterly growth rate was 19%. So it's now, that's according to the IAB, so it's now up to um, 220 million US dollars. Uh, which is still only 1.2% of their market, uh, um, which is uh, $18 billion in terms of advertising. But that's a fantastic growth rate and something which has been going on for a while. Um, in the South African market, so just to put that into perspective, in South Africa, 1.2% um, would equate to about um, uh, 720 million rands if you compare it to the rest of the advertising market. So on our platform as well, uh, you may have seen some articles, but for example, last year, 
um, when I, well, actually, so beginning of last year, we had combined on our podcasting and our streaming platforms in South Africa about a million um, unique listeners. And when we did the calculations this year, um, in fact, Jeremy Max did an article in Financial Mile on it, it was three and a half million. So that's not bad growth in a single year. Um, so it's definitely, it's a growing market. The very exciting thing for me is sort of since fourth quarter last year, we started to get advertisers and agencies contacting us directly where we had to push the wheelbarrow up until now. Yes, sure. Um, sorry, Brad, do so, you mind getting it on the microphone for podcasting purposes? Do I need to run over to Brad quickly? <laughs> Francois, those, those numbers, that, that three million unique, is that South African listeners or is that international listeners listening through Iona? This is, um, we do geo-target tracking, so this is actually South African. So I have to say it's the sum of the podcast and the streaming listeners, so you would expect there to be some overlap, but still, that's a great number. Uh, um, and bear in mind, we're fortunate in that, you know, we've got SABC, we've got the Kihisa stations, we've got United stations, a whole bunch of those. So a lot of those are radio listeners and great podcasters as well. Um, but that's a fantastic number and something we're very excited about. Mother tongue? In other words, is it English only? Can you differentiate? Um, and are podcasts happening in South African vernacular languages? Most definitely. So all of the SABC radio stations use us. Our platform does cater for multi-language support. And we have a range of different languages. Um, in terms of the, the data, so technically... Uh, we can distinguish based on the type of podcast languages, one of the, the fields that we track. We're very excited about local languages, and one of the, the sort of the dreams we have for Africa is to have um, audio content in all the languages. So from what I can tell, your, your business model leans quite heavily uh, into needing mainstream radio stations to, to publish on your platform or turn what is mostly linear content into little bite-sized chunks that get consumed as podcasts. I'm not sure if that's right or wrong, but that's what it looks like from the outside. I have a question about whether or not you at Iono think differently about uh, creators who create specifically um, for you know, what's currently probably more American in style and nature around podcasts and you know, the initial audience that that typically listens to podcasts in places like the US and Australia and other places. And I'm also wondering if your, if your research is going to sort of differentiate the two. And yeah, in, in business model terms, uh, how do you guys think about growth of you know, mainstream radio becoming podcasts and podcast creators in general? That's a great question, actually. So firstly, in terms of the type of content, um, you're absolutely right. We started about eight years ago. Um, so when we started talking about something at that stage, we spoke about PVR for radio. And um, we wanted to do it on smartphones, which were Palm Pilots and Symbian phones. And there was this company called RIM, which was going to do a thing called a BlackBerry, which everybody was excited about. So that's a long time ago. And... Um, we wanted to give, at that stage, give radio the tools to move into the digital space and not follow the same route as the newspapers. <clears throat> so a lot of what we've done was to start on the radio side, and we've got tools to 
uh, basically for larger corporations. So we started off with multiple programs under the same provider. We've got different admin roles. Um, and a lot of those are applicable to radio stations or larger broadcasters. Um, I've always loved radio and I've actually found that a lot of successful podcasters sort of got a lot of training in the radio industry. And that's starting to change and I think there's a very interesting conversation around the different types of audio content. So people are talking about pure podcasting and then you've got sort of repurposed radio or catch-up type services. And those two, yeah, there are some similarities but there's actually also huge differences. Um, I think the radio stations are having the same debate at the moment and playing around these exciting things like Jackpot, for example, and these other aggregation programs. So I think that um, the lines are starting, you know, the lines have been blurring in terms of exactly what type of media do you do. You know, you may be a radio jock, but you're also doing some video and you've got stuff going on out on Instagram. And I think, you know, Podcasters are also moving to that space. You have people that are more specialized in a certain area and they're doing some other stuff as well. Um, definitely our service is very much focused on podcasting um, in addition to the radio because there's a lot of the technology that are similar. Um, but then there's also sub subtle differences that one needs to be aware of which we're also taking into account. So I can't remember if there was other questions around. So our business model, oh, that was the other question. Um, our business model focuses on basic hosting costs. So we've got cheap hosting packages which people can use. And in actual fact, we've got a free package for podcasters and then sort of goes up to our podcasting radio package which is about just over 500 rands a month which huge uh, stations which use like uh, uh, RSG and BBC and those. And then we also have live streaming. And very importantly, we've got adverts. We've got dynamic uh, programmatic advertising on our podcast and rolling it out to streaming as well. Uh, also, once more for the radio station model where they're used to selling ads and sort of the market is used to having ads um, in audio content. So we've got a model where we can sell ads on behalf of content providers. And we don't really distribute on the platform, we don't really uh, distinguish between podcasters and radio stations. We have people that has got certain audiences and you've got advertisers that are interested in reaching those audiences and we facilitate the process. We're also careful to make sure that we don't just run ads. So we've got an opt-in mechanism where if somebody's interested, you know, um, Brad will be able to tell you, Duncan, you get a mail saying so-and-so wants to advertise in your content. This is what they want to do. Are you happy with that? Because we very firmly believe that we need to sort of be, provide the best value equation for the advertiser, the listener, and the content provider. And that's the only way that the market is going to grow and it's going to be worthwhile for everybody. There are lots of questions, but we, have a set, we do have a second set of, of speakers. So what I, uh, what I would recommend is that we end it with Francois here, unless you want some final words, and then there will be lots of time later to have a drink over at, um, over at the restaurant or even carry on over the time. But I would like to just keep to, keep to the schedule now, and we'll open up the floor if people want to stay. Thanks. Long. It's my final word. Is I'm around. You guys are very welcome to talk to me. And um, you, these questions are fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much, Franza. So if I can ask our second set of, um, of speakers to come up. <laughs> On the fancy chairs. So from looking at the industry, if I can just pop this to you. Unfortunately, you're going to have to share, but thankfully, 
Um, this is the one event where you don't have to worry about people having good mic technique if you're interviewing them. We do have good mic technique. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the two, of the, <laughs> the two of them. I'm so happy to have this conversation, even though I'm sure the room will, will take away um, the conversation in just a second. Uh, the podcast we're talking about today um, is Key Africans Unlocked. It is a longer form, very beautiful conversations with Africans from a variety of countries. I've seen some, some from Ghana, some from Zambia, some Zimbabweans there, obviously South Africans. Um, and the two we're talking to is Chilu uh, Lemba and Zab's The Last Letter, who run the podcast I think it's under one year old, is that right? Yeah, uh, we've yeah. been doing yeah since the beginning of the year. And they've run their first season of 10 episodes, some really strong, beautiful conversations, a conversation with Andile, if you'd like to know more about him. Really nice first episode there. Uh, and maybe, guys, just to start us off, tell us a little bit about the journey and what you've learned so that people know what they can pick your brains on. Okay, so Zubz and I have known each other for many years, probably o over a decade. And uh, every once in a while, we do catch-up sessions. So we were at a Starbucks um, sometime last year, before winter. And I think it was about maybe four weeks before radio days. And uh, we, we were chatting about you know, doing this podcast. And uh, at the time, we didn't have clarity as to what exactly we wanted to do. And I remember coming to radio days last year. I saw Francois, you, you were speaking with somebody else uh, you know, at the front. I saw... Uh, Brad and I thought it's an easy thing, but once you guys started speaking, I got more confused. <laughs> uh, today I'm less confused, but you know, still got a lot of questions. And uh, we didn't, as I say, uh, know exactly what we wanted to do. So the journey between, um, I'm just using radio days as, the, as a landmark, where uh, you know, a, a poll to, to show you a bit of uh, time, because radio days was in July. Uh, our first podcast went out in January. And between that time, we spent about maybe three months um, trying to zero in on exactly what we wanted to do. Uh, we, we approached Andilate. We, you know, he gave us some of his wisdom. But at the end of the day, it was going to be what Zubz and I were comfortable with, what we were going to be able to catapult um, for a long, long uh, time. So um, our background is we're communicators. I, I'm a voiceover artist slash radio guy, and we also collaborated musically. But we didn't want to specifically do a music podcast because... Um, if we did something else, we'd learn a lot in the journey as well. So um, that's kind of where we started our journey, and then Zubz will take over. <laughs> Thanks, Julian. There was, there's actually not much... Hi, everyone. Um, there's not much more to add to that. Um, that's how we started, and we've been going ever since, making incredible mistakes as we go along, discovering some very beautiful gems as we go along, meeting some really amazing people, uh, growing and learning more about ourselves and the space, the podcast space, while we do it. Um, and just in terms of crystallizing the concept of what we decided to go with, um, in the same, and I mean, Francois gave the analogy of being a Tiger Woods and still wanting to play like Serena on the court. What we decided was our Tiger Woods was what was naturally, what came naturally to us, which was the fact that we were both diasporan Africans living in South Africa. He was, he's Zambian. I was born in Zambia. Grew up in Zim. We've been living in, I've been living in South Africa since 1996. And what we've been doing is we've been finding people that have overlapping experiences um, that are 
sort of encapsulated in their love of music, their love of uh, art, culture, um, their choice of, their choice of um, how, do, how they navigate their world outside of home. And I'm just talking specifically about diasporan um, people like us. And I felt like that kind of, you know when you bond with somebody from another place, living in another place, and you find that no matter how different you are, you're actually very similar? It's so profound and, and, and it transcends music and food and borders and, and it definitely calls for conversations. And so we decided we're just going to have conversations starting from a place of the diasporan unity that we all share as Africans and then letting that take us to spirituality, letting that take us to finance and whatever else the guest um, brings, brings out. So in short, that's what our podcast is about and that's what our story has been about. So, there are people in this room that already have podcasts that are um, open to learning, but there are also people who maybe are playing around with an idea who would love to sit up here in a year, maybe, or in two years. What are the things you wish you'd known? What are the big lessons? Um, what pops to mind immediately is just how much work is involved in doing this thing. <laughs> I didn't realize that this is like a full-time job, generating the content. In fact, even before you generate the content, just the pre-production takes a lot of time, like a lot of time. And then creating the content, so we do audio and video. So that's a lot of content. I mean, rendering takes hours of video. So for me, that would be the one thing that I, um, I, was, I, I wasn't prepared for that. Just the amount of time it would take to put this thing together. It's practically a a full-time job. The other thing which uh, maybe I just add on to what Zabs is saying is that um, you need a team. So we're the faces of the podcast. Uh, people see us every week because we put out the podcast Thursday morning. That's been uh, what we wanted to do. But we've got Z Zam in here, Zama, and she cracks the whip. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> when we're feeling like you know, it's time to give up, uh, you know, she'll shoot an email, she'll call and you know, put us in check. We've got Mutsai, who, who's been helping with uh, the video and the technical side of it. Sipo, who's not here, who, you know, even when he heard this was happening, last night at uh, like 2 a.m. or something, he was sending us a PowerPoint because <laughs> he thought, you know, we're going to use the screen. He didn't realize how informal the chat is. So I, I think there's strength in numbers. Even, even though we are the people, uh, you know, at the face of it, uh, one thing that I think people should consider is that it's actually a team effort. And then also... Shout out to Helen, who was also a guest in season one, who's here today with us. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. Um, something that you mentioned that I could see, um, yeah, that I could see a lot of eyes were sparkling. Um, it's, it's contested. Some people think it's the only way. Something people think you should never do it um, is the fact that you podcast, but you also create video content of basically um, you having you recording the, the podcast. Um, tell us a bit more about your experiences in terms of how that has compared numbers to the podcast and, and just why you've decided to do it that way. Yeah, so you give me the hard one. <laughs> well, I think initially when we started our chat at Starbucks, at the time I think we had... Um, a thing where we wanted to also give content to a specific channel, a specific TV channel who had approached us to, to try and, you know, see if we were interested in giving them content. So I think that's where the, the video side might have crept in, even though Zubs is very anti-TV. So, you know, 
but we, we have gone with it, and I think it, it adds a, a, a different energy. Um, and it, it's worked well. It's, it's a challenge technically because, you know, you have to, as Zub said, you have to think about the, the rendering, the editing, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas if it was just the audio podcast, we'd just have one focus. But I think it's worth it because, um, and here's, here's another thing we did. Season one, which is the first 10 episodes, we recorded them in a studio. So we, we, there's a booth in Greenside and, you know, guests would come there. But we also realized that there are a lot of people who are listening from outside of the country who want to get a window into the city that we're in. And so based on that, we've done, you know, about maybe five episodes which are kind of outdoors now where they can just kind of, you know, get a feel. It's not as claustrophobic. And even though it's a lot of work, I still think it, it adds something different. In terms of numbers, I think we're still probably getting more listens uh, because primarily I think it's, it's accepted that it's an audio uh, podcast and the, the video is, you know, icing on the cake. But, um, yeah, hopefully that answers. Does that yeah. And just to add to that, um, it is primarily an audio pod. But what, what we're trying to do with the video besides show our audience glimpses into Africa and the different parts of it as they relate to the guests we have we're also trying to give them a different experience of the content so what we've decided to do now is release the video content after the audio content because the audio content generates different kinds of images in your mind as you listen to it and then you get a you get a different sense of that once you then see it a couple of days later online as as you know as video content and we're only using youtube as our video content platform but after having a conversation outside with online voodoo content, Brad. <laughs> We've also realized that our posting on YouTube is almost like, um, it's, 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 we're not doing enough to promote it on YouTube. We didn't even give it enough thought when we started putting it on YouTube to think of the implications. And maybe there might be better ways of um, putting our video component out of the pod. But um, I, think, I think it'll be interesting to see how the audio and the video overlap as the podcast continues to develop. Hmm. Uh, and just quickly, you did mention the numbers. Can you give us a little bit of... Um, so we're really... I mean, this is our first couple of months. Subscription-wise, we're not at 100 subscribers on each platform yet. So we're very, we're very young in that sense. But we're starting to hit the hundreds of, view, of listens and views, uh, which is really great because... Um, yeah, we're really starting to pick up more and more in terms of that. But by far and away, it's the audio that gets the most traction. Mm -hmm. The video is nowhere near good traction. And we haven't actually embarked on any deliberate marketing ploy for either one. Not for the audio or for the video. So where are your audio numbers sitting? Um, is it, what was that? Uh, Andile's episode actually has been the most well-received so far. <laughs> It's a couple of hundred only at this point. <laughs> He's got a big family. It's a couple of hundred at this point. Um, but uh, we recorded that one when, that was in right. January, right? When we yeah. did the Andile episode. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's taken half a year to go through hundreds with no promo, no marketing. But the last episode we did with an investment banker from Canada who's actually Zambian by birth has almost reached Andile numbers in a yeah. week. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that's just off the one platform. We haven't even touched the other platform. So, we, we haven't yet started, touched on the thousands of listens and views yet, but we're pushed well into the hundreds. So we can. Cool. There was a question there. Hi. Respect. Um, you, you mentioned that it's very time consuming. So, the first question is how are you able to? 
do this financially, considering that you're not getting income revenue from the actual event? And the second is a totally ignorant question about this weekly thing. So is a podcast like expected to be serialized? So you've got like a season like you'd have on radio. Is it, so it's not just like a one-hit wonder. It's something that you actually build up a, an audience as you would a radio show or something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll start. I'll start. I'll start. What was the question again? No, no. So, so the, the 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 maybe let me start with the second part. We've been we decided to do a weekly thing, and um, I think with these things, consistency is key. So, what we want to ingrain in the mind of the people that are listening is that every week we'll have content up, out there. You know, so Thursday was the day that uh, Zubs argued was uh, the best day because he said it's before the weekend. It's close to the end of the week. Thursday hit the sweet spot in terms of how we thought it, you know. But as, as, as we've been saying, we've been doing this now actively for six months. And uh, so with each, we, we constantly are reviewing, you know, looking at what, what's happening and seeing how we can change things. Like uh, the staggered um, introduction of, of content, video versus audio. That's a, a thing from, you know, recent conversations. So we keep, you know, tweaking this machine to see how well we can go forward and we we're open to learning you know so we're not, we're not at, at, at in any stretch pretending that we're experts in this thing but we are well invested i mean we we've dived in when when zubs talks about how time consuming it is it's it's it does feel like a full-time job you know so every other moment you you're thinking of you know who's who's going to be guest next week um oh brian's in town from canada you know let's let's hold him down, you, you'll say hello to him after we record the podcast, <laughs> you know. And that's how we've been rolling. So consistency, I think, is, has been an important um, uh, thing which, where we've anchored the, the Thursday rollouts. Yeah. And with regards to things like seasons and stuff like that, it's for the same reason we call them episodes. It's almost like we're, we're taking the reference points from an era that we feel has gone by and using those as referen reference points going forward. But this stuff lives online, it lives perpetually, so it doesn't matter whether you call it season one or season two, it, it's, just, it's just your own personal little quirky thing that you do. Yeah. Um, and um, neither one of us works nine to five jobs that require us to sit at desks the whole day. So um, we're lucky in that, in that sense. Unlucky in the sense that you can never really tell how much you're going to have at the end of the month to pay for your bills. But lucky in the sense that if you need to allocate a little bit more time to a passion project such as this, which is what it is for now, you can allocate that time. And we both are lucky to have the kind of wives in our life that can pick up the slack every so often, uh, financially, that is. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, only financially, you know? Everything else, you still have to show up, you know. But uh, we're hoping that eventually um, this will be lucrative enough to pay for itself and to pay for extra help so that we don't have to spend so much time on the more mundane, repetitive tasks. Okay. Um, you did have a first question, though, that we'll get to just after that. So um, I can share some of the experience, and you're absolutely right. Sort of a weekly timer. Um, a timer is very important because you have people that wait for that content, and we would have on, yeah, on various podcasts, if that podcast is 20, 30 minutes late, we start getting people contacting us saying, where's our podcast? So your audience, you know, they want to have that timer knowing that, you know, on a Thursday evening when I drive home, this is what I'm going to listen to. Um, in terms of the growth, yes, growth takes quite a bit of time. 
Yeah, um, we've seen that with a lot of the podcasters. And it, but the nice thing is it grows exponentially. So as people discover your content, they start sharing it. And the great thing about podcasting is once somebody's into it, they go and they binge listen to everything. Um, so seasons is not that important. A lot of the podcasters would actually just, you know, they'll have a, 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 a monthly clock or a weekly clock, which is great. Um, length is not that important. You just need to keep your audience interested in what you're doing. But... Um, rather keep it short than to bore them um, and then your marketing sort of in the beginning helps you to to ramp that up there was something else I wanted to say I can't remember okay. um, from from my side um, uh, one word on that would be I, I personally think seasons are, are quite important in podcasting for the pure fact that podcasting production breaks are incredibly important and you want your audience to know that you're still around, you're just working on great content. Do you mind if we carry on? I'm sorry to... I, I'm a producer, I'll crack the whip. Um, please remind us of your first question. How do they afford it? Okay, um, you've touched on how to afford it, right? Um, yes. Well, yeah, not. yeah, he did say our wives are paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> But touching on what Francois said, I, just, I was just going to pull out a, a message that we got while we are having a meeting uh, about two hours ago. And I love your shoes, by the way. You check out Francois' shoes. Uh, so this was from a guy in the US. He says, the Key Africans podcast with Brian was the first one I've heard. Brian's the guy who's just beaten Andile's numbers. <laughs> about to again. Uh, pretty impressive stuff. You guys do a phenomenal job. I am now subscribed and on the bandwagon. Trust all is well. So yeah, it's... That guy will binge, hopefully. And then one last thing on seasons. That, what, you, what you raised now about the production value of doing things in seasons is what we experienced as well. When we divided the first 10 into a season one, those were all in black and white when they were shot as video content. The next 10 have been in color. And, and it's not a big deal when you look at it retrospectively, but from a production sense as a content creator, it might help in terms of helping you up the game and up, and up the ante, you know, as you go along. Yeah. Okay. I, I had a question there first, and then we'll make our way back. Hi, guys. Um, obviously, the day you realize, look, this is the content uh, that we'd like to be speaking about or we'd like to be filming... Um, how did you decide on the format uh, and the sound of your podcast then when you thought, look, the first five minutes would be this feature, the second five, so on and so forth? Thanks. <laughs> Fight oh, between the two. Oh, well, we obviously uh, we were freestyling throughout when we began. I mean, we sat with Andile for a sense of the space, the podcast space, for a sense of convention and, and I suppose... Uh, what, what would you call them, like, like industry standards? Um, and what we wanted to do was, was pretty much create a format that we would want to hear and we would want to listen to. So it starts with an intro. The intro is a recorded intro that one of us do. Uh, and because we're both voice artists, we kind of do it in a voice artist-y kind of way where we intro the, the guest and then uh, straight after the intro, we go straight into the conversations. And then straight after the conversations, we outro. We haven't yet started speaking directly to the listeners in the pod. We haven't started doing any call to actions in the pod. But uh, all that stuff is stuff that we're still debating on whether or not we should do at this point. And that's all it was, really. It was just a conversation around what format works for us, what format do we feel comfortable in, and if we agree, we do it. That's one thing I love about the podcast space, is that it allows you to play and, and experiment and do, do whatever you feel comfortable doing. 
Sure, there are people who've done things before you where you can learn from them and you don't have to reinvent wheels. But at the end of the day, it always boils down to what is most true to you and what feels most comfortable for you. And that goes for pretty much every aspect and not just for format in, in the podcast space. Thanks. If I may, I've got three questions, but they, they, they are linked and feed into okay, one I'll another. Okay, I'll cut you off so when it's time. <laughs> no, so it's sort of, the one is a question of clarity. The second one is on the issue of analytics and measurement. And the third is on costs of data. So um, just a question of clarity, because it seems, and, and you pointed to that, in, and, and you talk about sort of conventional, you talk about linear radio, you talk about podcasts almost as a complement to um, but sometimes, in, in other senses, it could be almost like disrupting your sort of traditional. So um, I think Francois gave the example that, so you may have a traditional broadcaster who streams online. That's not a podcast, right? Um, but if they record a show and save it as a podcast, that's a podcast. Um, oh, sorry. I'm, 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 okay, so it's through you. Sorry. Okay. And then the second question on, on metrics and analytics, um, how, how do you know, or do you have sort of unique users so you know how many people are coming back, repeat listeners, and are you also measuring things like time spent listening, and are you able then to sort of compare, let's call it to traditional radio measurement? Third question, the cost of data. So. We've seen, for example, from radio um, uh, audience measurement that about one in three people actually listen to radio on their mobile device, but that's an FM tuner. They're not consuming data, so they're not streaming audio to their device. They are using the FM tuner on their phone, so one in three people, which is pretty high. Um, so the, the question is really about the costs of data and the costs of consuming um, co uh, podcasts. Um, so you, you guys are welcome to weigh in on this. I think some of your questions may be best directed to Francois, actually, perhaps afterwards. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, somebody needs to control, control the conversation. But um, from, from my side, I often say this in the beginning of Podmeets, um, I like to say that the word um, podcast or recorded audio is similar to saying moving pictures. Are we talking The Simpsons or are we talking, uh, you know, Titanic? It's both moving pictures. So there are all kinds of things um, under that uh, recorded on-demand audio umbrella. And um, every time this kind of question comes up, people have different answers. So that would be my best um, sort of umbrella answer to you, that uh, depending on who you ask, you'll get yeses and noes to that, to that question. Do you want to um, add in on anything? Yeah. So in, in terms of um, uh, numbers and finding out our unique uh, listeners and things of that sort, um, the guy who's not here, <laughs> C4, <laughs> It's probably better placed, but what, what we, I think, did was um, like horses. We put blinkers on and we want to get this machine going for a, a decent period of time so that uh, once we, we build the brand, then we're able to, to look um, probably deeper and, and uh, you know, have, have a better grip on the fabric of the analytics. But um, we do have um, 
paid for because we're not yet with Iono. We're on SoundCloud, and we got a paid account, which gives us some decent data. Uh, maybe not as deep as you guys, but we're having that conversation afterwards. Um, but so that's what we're using for SoundCloud, and it it, it gives us a, a good feel. But right now, I think it's both. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, and from where they're listening from as well. Yeah, that's true. And then for our website, we have um, analytics plugged in, so we get a sense of who's coming on, which part of the world they're coming on, how long they stay online on on the site, and where they go to after that, who refers them, etc. Um, with regards to money and the cost of data, I think, I, think, I think South Africa is lagging behind, actually, in that sense, in terms yeah. of the cost of data. Generally, our costs in South Africa are high. But as Chilu says, we're not really focused on, on that in terms of the generation of the content itself. We're not as concerned about whether this will be a, a, a hole in the pocket of our listeners so much. Because, like we say, we've identified our audience as more of a diasporan audience from all over the world. So they're not necessarily just in South Africa listening. So the cost of data would have to then be region specific. And Chilu just read a message from someone in the US. Um, I have friends from the UK who are listening to this. Uh, there are people from Australia who listen to this. And data costs vary throughout. But what I found out about the costs of consuming any content like this is that you're willing to pay it if the content is good enough. You actually will put yourself in debt sometimes just to consume the content you like. So, um, well, the, the MP3s are... Okay, okay, go for it, yeah. Just hold on. In terms of data, less than 15 megs per hour, that's our low-quality profile. And we've got Soccer Laduma, which is one of your lowest LSMs. And they've done massive amounts of podcasts, most of them to Blackberries and old phones. So that's people that are willing to pay normally without even Wi-Fi access. They pay with prepaid data to listen to that content. Hmm. But, but that is an ongoing conversation, I think, in the podcasting space where I've, I've found a lot of the... It's changing, but there's still a lot of that presumption around about how high data costs are. Do you mind if I carry on? Um, I think you had a question. Is it answered? Okay, Brad. Sorry. If I can just add something to the data sure. issue. I think it, people make it a hurdle when it's not a hurdle. It's, you can look for any excuse of why not to do this, rather look for excuses why to do it. As Chilu and, and Zub said, if, if somebody loves the content, doesn't matter. Do yourself a favor, go into YouTube and watch how many people watch generations on YouTube. Just do yourself that favor and then tell me if data is a problem or not. Good point there. Questions? Anyone? I've got one. Have you guys had any uh, advertising interest or support interest uh, in your podcast thus far? And uh, Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, great question. So because of the nature of what the concept was and what it promises to be, and obviously who Chilu is, he's a bit of a celebrity and he's extremely famous in, in, in the space. We, ha we have had people approach us with offers. Um, specifically, a bank came and offered something. Um, and then a, a, a network company was a television network in, what is it, East Africa? Yeah, and, and yeah, a company, Lusaka, a network company. Um, I think we're taking it easy on that front. Um, even the conversations and the meetings are not something we're comfortable having just yet. 
Okay, I, I have to speak and say I'm not comfortable having them just yet. I am the stumbling block. Everyone else on the team is happy to have these meetings. I, for one, I've decided now is not the time. It's too early. Uh, we're still, you know, we're still trying to get a, a, a grasp of what we want, and we don't want to be derailed as far as the concept goes by the prospect of corporate intervention at this point. Call me purist. <laughs> Call me a guy who poo-poos money, but I just feel like now is not the time, and these guys will be here again in a year's time. We'll have that conversation later. <laughs> she has disagreed plenty of times. My wife has dis she continues to disagree about just about every decision I make with regards to meetings with corporate at this point. Mm. Hans? Um, so one thing that I find very interesting uh, about your content focus on uh, the diaspora, um, and we've seen this in other podcasts like um, Andila's African Tech Roundup, is that you are based here, you're talking to people here, but very much your focus is an African continental focus that is of interest to the world. Can you speak to us a, a bit about how that m worked within your strategy? Because, and this is the, the prejudice, I think, that um, within me that's asking this question, some people who are trying to do very much South African-focused content tend to struggle in the big, wide ocean of podcasts. Can you speak to that? That's a good one. Well, I think it, you, you have to start from where you, where you are, you know, so um, instead of initially guessing who your audience is going to be, your network is, um, you know, the people who are existing in your network. And I think a lot of um, the people that listened in initially are from that network. A lot of the guests that we have are from that network. And so what is that network? It's a lot of people who, um, you know, live here from outside the country. Uh, a lot of people who we work with uh, who are South Africans and so on. So I think that's just how the platform was in, in our case. Um, and, you know, looking for, forward, there's, there's sometimes when you, you get situations where people who you don't necessarily think are listening randomly will send a message. Like, uh, was it uh, two months ago, uh, I was uh, on, on a breakfast show on Metro uh, being interviewed. And then the feedback that was coming after that interview were, were just like, you know, random stories to do with my, my vocation. Like, I want to be a voiceover artist and so on. But we also got messages from guys who I didn't even know listened to the podcast. But they took that opportunity now to reach out. So uh, I think in time we will, you know, figure out that even though our target might be X, uh, we might have Y and P and, you know, C also listening in. And I'm sure that that information will come to the fore at some point. And having said that, Elna, um, it doesn't, I, I, I personally don't think that just because the podcasting platform is a global platform and the audience has global potential, doesn't mean that you will be able to service a global audience. I think that even within South Africa alone, there are certain little pockets and niches and, and, and voodoo online rats as tribes. <laughs> Tribes that if you service them well enough, they will be big enough to sustain you and eventually get you paid, I think. You know, I, I really, for me, the most important thing about an audience and, and feeding it and developing it and cultivating it is not so much what it promises to be, but whether or not it exists. If you know it exists, then I think you're halfway there. Then the rest is about dialing down and focusing directly on that audience. It doesn't necessarily have to be something with a grand like 
I want to appeal to black women all over the world. I mean, you can appeal to black women in Pulukwani alone and find yourself having a very powerful audience that is engaged and that can build serious groundswell to give you an incredible podcast. Thank you. Um, the name is Lungsanem Teto. I'm actually a filmmaker. Uh, in regards to podcast, I want to know uh, if you partner with filmmakers in order to penetrate this new market, which is uh, visual radio. Because at the end of the day, we are both selling content. The difference is that I'm using television and you using radio. So I want to know if you partner with filmmakers to introduce them into this digital space of uh, penetrating the, uh, the, the, the radio and TV market at the same time. When a tough question comes, you can see subs. <laughs> but I'm, so, I'm supposed to be referring them to you. <laughs> so before, before I like try and answer yours, I should just also kind of maybe with 30 seconds. Last, last year when I came here, um, <laughs> me and my stories, Last year when I was in that room, uh, there was, um, I keep forgetting the name now, 947, Anele. Anele was talking about this show. <laughs> no, it's bad because I used to work with her. I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. But um, 947, Anele. She was talking about a character Bible on their morning show. And I was, what is a character Bible? What? This is blasphemy. But um, what, what it was is like each person in, in the, on the radio show has a specific role. So... What's happened over time, we realized that Zubs gives the intelligent, philosophical answers when we host a guest. He summarizes all the stuff that's said, you know, like very succinctly and articulately. And then I just tell the story. So, you know, this reminds me of... <laughs> I'm that old man. So, you know, your question actually should be answered by him. But we, have we reached out to filmmakers? I, th I think it's... Um, you know, it's a different field. At the moment, we're, we're not, I suppose, looking at all the potential people that we could reach out to and, and form partnerships with. We're looking at what's, what's here, what what's, um, we're being called to do by the people that are listening. We're looking at the next thing. And uh, maybe that's not yet on our radar, and at some point it might get there. But, um, yeah, kudos to you and, and all the best with the, the films that you're, you're making. Yeah, I don't know if that helps. Zubs is going to... Let's see if Zubs will top it. <laughs> no wise words. Okay, we'll meet afterwards and then maybe we could flesh it out and then see, you know, if we, if we can get to a space where we can you know, connect and, and see how we can move forward with it. Oh, cool. I do have something to add. What I can add is that you could, you could create a filmmaker's podcast, which is something that I think other filmmakers would love to be a part of, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think filmmaking with regards to what we're doing right now is not necessarily, they don't really gel right now, you know? Yeah. Um, but we would have incredible filmmakers as guests on our podcast. Yeah. That would do. Mm. So, were any last, last minute on fire questions? Um, so, a last one from me before we go to the more casual fun part is if I had you back on Podmeet in a year and um, you were just on fire with what had happened in the last 12 months and all the strides and all the goals that you had successfully made, what, what are those things? Well, <laughs> I know you're about to say something ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no, in 12 months, time, no, I won't even joke, you know, because I always 
But in, tw in 12 months' time, obvi obviously our, our goal is just to put heads down, like I said, blinkers, and, and see how we can grow, continue to learn, and um, not only grow numbers, but just grow the quality of the content that we're putting out. Um, you know, obviously, by in 12 months' time, we'll probably be on Iona, uh, probably by next week. <laughs> and um, no, tomorrow, even. Um, and, and I think we'll just be maybe a lot more uh, richer with our offering. We won't come, it, we, we'll probably make a lot, lot more money as well, come with gold chains and... <laughs> Please do. Yeah, 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 definitely growing in numbers, growing in, in traction and in impact. But also, you know, our podcast is about building networks, right? And it's about sharing networks. Mm -hmm. So we want to have met, I would have liked to, sorry, that's my phone. Yeah, that's me. I would have liked to, uh, this is my TM, um, my TM alarm. Transcendental meditation. Sorry. Overshare. <laughs> overshare, overshare, overshare. So in a year's time, what I would like is to, to, have, to look back at content that has brought more people together across the world yeah. who are in the diaspora, shared more diasporan stories that enrich that group, that um, make each other aware of each other and give each other a sense of each other and connect each other. That's the whole point of the Key Africans Unlocked podcast. It's literally about making you aware of each other, giving you a sense of each other, and giving you something to work with each other on and expanding that network. So that's what we hope for. Wonderful. Um, if we can just thank the guys. So from, from me also, thank you so much for coming. These pod meets are incredible in terms of learning from people's stories. And I always leave here with a little bit more of passion for podcasts and for new ideas and how to do what we're doing better. And um, just some housekeeping again, please do drop me your emails and your cell phone numbers if you want to be on any um, of the WhatsApp groups or the email list to make sure that you can bring all your podcasting friends to the next one. Um, somebody mentioned it, but Brad has an incredible group on Facebook that's very supportive um, in, called All Things Podcasting, dot, 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 I think. Um, uh, myself, also, you can reach uh, throughout the year when it comes to some podcasting questions. The very best place to reach us is that email address podmeet at journalism.coza or just tackle me later for a business card and um, the, the official part of this is ending but the restaurant across the way has wine and tea whatever you're <laughs> or something stronger um, and wh what I highly recommend is we've heard from a couple of people in the room but some of the most incredible things that part means have happened between you guys over a cup of tea later. And that's what I really love seeing to just give some examples. Um, I've met people who needed studios and people who had studios. And after part meet, they, they met each other. People who need producers, people who needed ideas. Um, at the last part meet, somebody came up to me and said, Elna, I am inspired. I promise you before the next part meet, I will publish my podcast. And I said to you, you know, Godspeed. And two days ago, I got a message from him saying, here it is, it's published, I promise you. And so I highly, highly recommend for you not to run away, uh, chat to each other, see who's in the room. Unfortunately, we haven't had much time today to really hear who's in the room and what you're working on. But connect with me, connect with these guys, ask all your questions that you haven't had a chance to. And thank you so much for coming.